Hello, this is Get Up and Grow Girl, a podcast for ambitious go-getters who just want to be their best damn selves. We have all the tools and together we're going to learn how to use them because I'm going to speak to a variety of experts in fitness, business, mindset and more because successful people are made and not born. So get up and grow, girl. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Get Up and Grow Girl. In today's episode, I was speaking with Dan, who is a coach at M10 Fitness in Nottingham. And Dan places a lot of emphasis on psychology and mindset when it comes to his clients. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to speak with him. So I think it's obviously going to be very, very valuable for fitness professionals and personal trainers. But equally, we did make it as general as possible. And I think a lot of what we spoke about is definitely applicable to general population and people who aren't interested in fitness. We discussed the stages of change model, which is basically a tool that we can use as a self-assessment tool, but we can equally apply it to others and clients and people we might work with to assess where we are in our journey of change, if we're ready for change as well. There is also some fitness goodness in there and we do discuss nutrition and how we can utilize it as a tool to achieve our own goals because as you know it is quite holistic and Dan breaks that down for us. The conversation's quite broad to be honest um, in a really good way and so we speak about mentors, the value of mentors and surrounding yourself with people you can learn from and then we also discuss my favorite topic of discomfort and how it aids us in our journeys of personal growth. I think this is the kind of episode which will inspire a little bit of self-reflection, um, especially using the models that Dan Dan explains, but hopefully it will leave you feeling a little bit more inspired and ready to start your own journey of change. Enough from me, let's get straight into it. Hello. Hello. Hi, Dan. Hi, Lisa. How are you? You okay? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Good. Thank you very much for coming on. That's no problem. Thanks for having me. Could you just give us a little intro, a line or two about what you do, who you are, for everyone who doesn't know? Yes, my speciality is health and fitness. Uh, uh, and basically, I work a lot more in the side of uh, psychology and mindset alongside the health and nutrition. So I'm a jack of all trades in the fitness game, really, mm-hmm. if, you, if you wanted to lose, me to loosely explain it. Cool. So maybe you could just do like a little walkthrough of your career in terms of how you got to be in the position that you're in now. Yeah. Um, as far back as you're willing to go, really, just okay. a brief. Yeah, well, I've always, always kind of been involved in sport. I played football and golf to quite a high level when I was a lot younger. Kind of my, both those careers kind of curtailed a little bit. Uh, early teens kind of got in with friends, etc., and it became a little bit unfashionable. So kind of that f- fell by the wayside. Kind of always had an active interest in sport and knew kind of the nine to five role wasn't something that I personally wanted to do or something that I didn't enjoy. Kind of, I used to train just kind of casually with a friend uh, and then realised that I kind of had a knack for talking to people and understanding and kind of started, well, I took my personal trainer course 12 years ago now and kind of, I've just slowly moved forward from there, uh, doing a lot of advanced education for the last 10 to 12 years and realised the true passion for the psychological and mindset side of health, health and training fitness. I realised that kind of alongside kind of the training and also the nutrition aspect of health and fitness, it's a lot to do with mindset and that's a big 
factor that goes on that sort of big factor underutilized by a lot of coaches and a lot of uh, trainers out there and it's become a real passion of mine I didn't realize it till I was a little bit older but kind of have a real knack of working with all types of people and kind of slowly move myself forward in the career I've done the whole kind of gym route so Virgin Active David Lloyd your mainstream uh train gyms and then I was lucky okay. enough to get offered a position at uh, one of the best personal training facilities in the UK which is M10 Fitness in Nottingham we do a lot of further education for trainers we uh we like to we kind of train trainers a lot over there so kind of we're a hub we do a lot of courses related to helping trainers become better and delivering their craft and then obviously yeah, so, i find you before yourself today so yeah exactly yeah so i met dan at m10 uh, on one of those courses and i think what's so good about m10 is that obviously the standard of understanding is really yeah. high but also you have that multifaceted approach um, yeah. where it wasn't just about the theory yeah. or the practical. Yeah. It was all of that combined with looking at things like psychology yeah. and, you know, mindset. Yeah, it's a, it's, like it's a massively so, under, underutilised factor is psychology and mindset. But again, for all, there's, as we know, the deep underlying root cause of it. And if you can't explain it in simple manager and give clients and coaches something applicable to adhere to you well in my experience I tend to fall by the wayside so it's simple but effective and what we teach is kind of what we we've realized and what I personally realized is kind of a massively underutilized tool with a lot of guys is kind of the limitations of their mind as opposed to it being any training or nutrition base so kind of look almost looking at mindset and psychology as a third third factor to optimal health and fitness yeah, and, and so the reason that you're so passionate about that, is that because of maybe your own experience with yeah, certain so clients? Kind of, yeah, so kind of growing up, kind of, I was from, I say I say an underprivileged area, but not a, not one of the better areas in in, in Nottingham, but kind of, I, I, I'm very much in the belief it's kind of you become a product of your environment. And I understood quite early into my career that the more I move forward, I'd rather be kind of, I use the term the thickest or the least intelligent person in the room. And I just find that that kind of helped me move forward a lot quicker, kind of being a sponge and kind of being around people that I wanted to aspire to and people that I aspire to be like. I, again, ultimately, I, I want to be, I only had the dream of being the best version of me, but kind of spending time around people that were more knowledgeable than me in the time that were better at the trade that I was doing at the time will elevate me a lot quicker than kind of being a big fish in a small pond, shall we say. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's I really, yeah. I I find really uncomfortable, like myself included. It's much more um, easy to just be somewhere where you're one of the, the biggest or the best yeah. players. But obviously you're not, you're not growing or learning no. in that situation. No. So putting yourself somewhere where you're a bit out of your depth is something that I try and yeah. preach. 100%. Quite a lot. It's, it's making yourself uncomfortable, Leela. And I always say, if I'm comfortable in a situation, I will... I'll try my very, very, very best to pull myself out of that and make myself uncomfortable again. And kind of, I try and teach this to all my guys is kind of success, success in any form of life doesn't come easy, but it's what, where you're willing to take yourself in order to achieve success. And success, success is multifaceted. I don't just mean monetary success. I mean, parental success, relationship success. It's all down to kind of where you put and how you position yourself. So yeah, totally agree. So you teach the students certain, um, like in M10 and things like that, I suppose with your clients as well, certain frameworks um, in terms of mindset and yeah. the psychology side of things. So are there any that you could share with us that might be applicable to... Yeah, as, as, uh, a model that I use loosely with a lot of my... Well, I use it with my coaches and I, uh, the uh, 
personal trainers that I mentor, but also the clients I work with, the model that I tend to use is it's a behavioral model called the stages of change model. So it's a, a 90, it was pretty much in, loosely invented in the 1970s by a couple of guys called Clemente and uh, Di Francesca. And basically it looks at five, cha- behave, five changes of behavior, stages of change in regards to behavior. So determining for applying it to the fitness industry and to the, my clientele, it's deciding whether somebody's ready for change, determine what level of results I'm going to get, how fast the results are going to come, how much work I'm going to have to do on them from a mindset standpoint, but also kind of whether they're ready for change. Because a lot of people talk a very good game about wanting a six pack, for instance, or to be the optimal health, but the kind of actions to precede them. So kind of so being yeah. so using the stages of one of those five stages and where they're at will enable me to kind of manipulate the variables to make sure I start my clients off at the right position and receive my clients in a certain stage and help propel them forward. If somebody's already in the action stage and they're ready to take action, they're willing to do everything that you say, that's great. But in my my experience, that's very rare. You usually find people that kind of they're in more of the contemplation stage basically that yeah I was just going to ask you sorry to interrupt but I think it kind of cut out as you were explaining the, th- the five different ones could you just repeat them the first two I think it was that we missed so the first stage is pre-contemplation again okay. in this first stage it's somebody that talks about change gives you all the right ideas that they want to change but it's just not ready they've never seen positive results in the area they're looking to improve and they're just not willing to put the not willing to put the work in. They might be miseducated and uninformed about the decision how to reach the end goal that they want. So kind yeah. of that's pre-contemplation. And then we move into stage two, which is just contemplation. In this stage, you find that people understand the ramifications. As a coach and as a trainer, this is kind of where I would help educate the client and teach them a little bit more about what they need to do to start to achieve their goals. Then you've got stage three, which is preparation. So in preparation, People have now kind of decided to make a change, but again, they still need re-educating. They still need talking through the basic fundamentals of things like fat loss, nutrition, training. They need a hands-on approach and kind of a, move, a moving forward. So it's, again, as you hear, I talk to a lot of my guys and a lot of the guys I coach, education, 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 and teaching everybody at every stumbling block what to expect, kind of how best to utilize what tools you have available to you to make the necessary changes to change your body to improve your health and then you've got pre- uh, stage four which is action it comes to you and kind of they're ready to change they're giving you all the right signals they're willing to run through as it were for you they live and die they hang off every word day. so as a coach in any line of business that's the type of person that you want because they're just ready and the yeah. most important stage i believe is is maintenance which is stage five so you find in, again, if I relay it to the fitness industry, kind of stage five is where you want all your clients to be. And so you want them to action, get great results, but be able to maintain that, sustain it for life. So I always say to my guys, kind of, I've steered away, away from the kind of quick transformations of six to 12 to 18 weeks. And I'm working on more long lasting results and creating sustainable habits and lifestyle changes that apply for life as opposed yeah. to just a quick fist, because you find getting somebody in maintenance and not rushing and rushing them through to that position the chance of relapse is quite uh quite high so kind of not teaching sustainable lifestyle changes that are going to apply forever you'll find that somebody can relapse quite quickly and kind of get into old habits so without naming kind of certain dietary protocols and stuff kind of people lose weight very quickly cut calories lose weight lose weight very quickly but then when they go back to eating what they perceive as normal they put uh, all that weight back on and then a little bit more 
that's because yeah. they've kind of got to that kind of stage of action. They've not quite got to maintenance and they've regressed all the way to relapse. And they've gone back down to contemplation, pre-contemplation. So you can move up the um, scale, but you can also regress. You can go back both down ways. The scale. So kind of that's why I always say things like yo-yo dieting. If you look at the stages of changes in regards to people that yo-yo diet and losing losing gain weight quite quickly, you can relate and say they've made it to stage action where they're doing something about it, but they've not created sustainable lifestyle changes and sustained maintenance. So they relapse all the way back to contemplation and pre-contemplation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. there's quite a lot there, a lot of value. Yeah. So I kind of want to unpick it in two different yeah. routes, if okay. that's okay. That's fine. No. no, no. <laughs> so, so firstly if I take it out of the fitness context um, and say, is it something, and I might be wrong here, but is it something that we can apply to ourselves or is it more a way of looking at other people? Because I'm thinking this podcast is aimed at freelancers, entrepreneurs, people who really care about their career. And if you want to take yourself to the next stage and you want to move up in your career or move forward with your career, is it something that you can do on yourself and assess what, which, which what, stage you're yeah, at 100% I'd use it with myself quite often I've started to use it a lot more recently because it enables you depending on what line of work you're in what industry and what your speciality is you can apply the stages of change to every walk of life and every kind of every genre because if again you you understand what you need to do in any line of business so you're a doctor for instance and you want to become a surgeon or you're a you're marketing and you want to drive more business you need to understand whether you're creating the right opportunities by living in action so kind of as entrepreneur as an entrepreneur i mean i'm self-employed myself it's kind of using the stages because you if you can identify on yourself for instance if somebody's stuck procrastinating so stage two is basically called self-procrastination and it's loosely described as kind of procrastination so if you find you're an entrepreneur and you you're forever procrastinating you can loosely describe yourself in that stage too. So what do you need to do and what tasks do you need to undertake in order to move yourself into kind of that progression and into stages four of action, into stages three preparation and move yourself forward? Okay. A lot of myself, from a personal standpoint, not just from a fitness-related standpoint, but I believe entrepreneurs can use the stages of change model to depict where they're at in their journey. Because don't forget, no matter what walk of life you're in, it's a journey and it's yeah. a progressive journey. And I talk a lot about it too because uh, again don't forget i i work with a lot of people from a lot of different industries in their health and uh i train a lot of people i train doctors surgeons uh shop owners those kind of things and kind of i talk to them about the stages of change model and where they're at on a business model standpoint and it is it's you can relay it in different walks of life but it's, it's how it's, it's all down to interpretation as well leela so you might not use it the way i spoke but you can definitely use the stages to decipher where you're at and what what steps necessary steps you need to make to move forward okay so so i guess the analysis would be different for everyone is that yes okay yeah yeah it depends depending on how you look at and how you're looking to apply the stages of change model it would be different per industry because ultimately kind of actions stage four action in regards to fitness is people eating the right things training hard having a having the growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset and doing everything all and above to achieve that result and but again if you had somebody that was kind of say marketing kind of are they putting the feelers out to the right companies are they kind of are they as a social media uh activity running concurrent with people they want to market to are they looking at the demographic all those kind of things and little things you can be doing as a professional in your industry and in your kind of uh 
the the industry you're in will help you move forward. So looking at the stage, because again, how many of us, how many of us listening to this podcast and yourself and myself included can have a look at the self and say their limitation is their own. We don't, people tend not to fail because of other people. Yeah. People always seem to fail in every walk of life because of themselves, because they have limiting self-belief. The fact, the diminishing fact and the fact is holding them back. It can be p- things like self-belief. So being able to use this model and accurately kind of assess yourself and use it as a se- self-assessment tool is, is, is fantastic. Yeah, I believe a lot as well. And I never used to, but definitely more and more through the journey of being freelance, believe in manifestation which I guess is about self-belief and that if you believe something is going to happen so if if I believe I'm not going to pick up clients in the gym I'm I don't and if I do then I I tend to so yeah 100% I I always say kind of you you attract what you give out and kind of positivity breeds positivity in my eyes I've gone through a a tougher time not too long ago uh, a relationship breakdown and kind of I saw negative things happen because I was being negative my whole aura my mindset and everything all the actions I undertook was negative and I'm a big believer in kind of negativity breeds negativity and trying again one thing I don't like to I see a lot of it on social media currently is kind of people preaching I'm doing this to be positive positivity positivity and they're kind of talking about it but to me positivity isn't what you talk about it isn't it's kind of how you're acting in certain steps in your life to yeah. ensure that positivity happens. People say it quite loosely now. It's hashtag positive, yeah. being positive. But ultimately, I don't think positive, positivity is a thing. It's a, it's, an, it's a certain set of actions that you undertake to move forward in whichever area you want to improve on. I mean, we all have, we all have limitations. We all have self-doubt. But kind of being positive, positive is living to your true values and kind of making sure that kind of your life runs concurrently with what you want. Yeah as opposed to just saying it. I always say to my clients, like, talk is cheap. Action, actions is where the, where the main money lies and where you're going to get your best results. I don't care how good you tell me you're going to be. Prove to me how good you are. Yeah. And kind of, like, it's, it's a big thing for me. And, and pa- I, like I say, I talk a lot to my guys and kind of you hear me talk about it. The one-year word that I use is empowerment. We is, in no matter what industry that you're working in, if you're not empowering peers and kind of looking to improve people around you, you'll never improve yourself. Kind of, I'm, I'm a big, obviously there's a lot of personal trainers in the world and there's a lot of personal tra- and fantastic personal trainers in the UK. I will never down talk any personal trainer or speak negatively about any personal trainer because that limitation would be on me. It's important that kind of we build each other up and we build each other up no matter what industry you're in because posit- as I said to you at the start of the conversation, positivity breeds positivity. And if we can start to create a more positive element in all walks of life and all professions, it's only going to look- lead to success. There's more than enough pieces of pie, of the pie for in every industry for us all to eat well at the table, as opposed to be backstabbing and sniping and speaking negatively about other peers. Yeah, definitely, that's the abundance mindset, and I but, think yeah. what you said about positivity as well is definitely. I, I know what you're talking about. The whole positive vibes thing really yes. positive, it gets on my nerves. Not yeah, because I is. don't agree with positivity, of course I do, but I think that yeah. being positive is more than just oh everything's great. Actually, I think yes. being positive yeah. is about often yeah. being in a what can be perceived to be negative situation yeah. and finding the opportunity to engage in something positive from that. One hundred. Not one, sure if that's a bit cryptic or if that makes sense. No, I, I totally agree. It's, it's a lot of what I talk to talk about in every in every negative negative situation, no matter how bad. I mean, I talk to guys about, it and it sounds quite morbid, but what I I I look at things like death. So death is a massively negative thing. 
and losing people close to you is a negative thing but there is a positive in that there is a positive and trying to fish out the positive and weed yourself a positive no matter how small out of negative situation is true positivity it's not saying positive vibes only and all that crap that you read (laughs) it's kind it's kind of it's kind of being able to decipher positivity and kind of it's, it's a it's a thing but it's a thing that you actually not just on social media not just saying it it's actually it's a set of actions yeah and you spoke about you know the, obviously it sounds morbid the idea of death but it's similar with for me like we spoke about relationship breakdowns and yeah. I've just gone through through that last week and again that yeah. can be perceived very negative obviously it's not I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a great thing but you can find the positive in that and I I always try and do this loss equals gain exercise and think okay so I've lost the relationship but what I've gained is this period of time where now I'm going to have to become really comfortable with myself I'm going to have more of a push to do x y and z more focus on business that type of thing I think it's always there for us to decide to take on it it, it is and kind of in in everything in everything in something like that it's kind of it's lessons as well i believe yeah. everything everything in life every scenario every action i don't believe in luck or coincidence everything's a lesson there's a lesson in every every part of life whether a positive or negative event happens there's a lesson it's kind of in order for us to evolve as human beings and evolve as business people in the the sectors that we all work in we've got to see those lessons we can sit and dwell and say oh this has happened or so-and-so's got the job I went for. I always say when people go for job interviews, kind of, you've, you've, you haven't failed at an interview. That job's just not ready for yeah. you. So kind of, again, yes, it's a negative that you've gone for an interview and felt we've gone really well, but somebody else has been given a job. But ultimately, it's not that you've failed. You've, you've done fantastically well to get that interview, but that job's just not ready for you at the time. So kind of taking a, what can be a perceived negative, flipping it on its head, deciding what lessons you've learned and how you do things better and then turn it into a positive. And I'm about, I'm about that with everything that I do with my clients. It goes far beyond the whole count 10 reps and kind of eat chicken and rice. <laughs> That's not how I work, kind of. It's everything that goes alongside that. And kind of mindset and psychology is a great passion of mine. I've seen how I've evolved personally with that, and but also how my clients have responded to going down that route as opposed to kind of just looking at kind of slugging their guts and kicking their ass in the gym. Yeah, totally. It's, it's kind of, it, go, it goes far beyond that. And again, as I say, the application to that into every walk of life is so apparent in you you are as successful as the five people you spend most of your time with you are you surround yourself with excellence and excellence happens yeah and I have definitely some questions around that topic to get onto in a bit but first I kind of want to circle back a bit um we've gone on a bit of a tangent which I love it's really yeah it's normally the best bit um but we were talking about the the stages five stages is that is that how how you call it yeah, five stages of change. And all, um, yeah. if and in terms of applying it onto ourselves, if someone if we want to go for that next next level in business or something like that, and we recognise okay, I'm in pre contemplation, and that's why yeah. I'm not perhaps getting where I want to be. Is there? How do you get yourself to the next stage, or is that something that you can't really put into words because it it does vary so. You, you can I, I find how I've improved because obviously I'm quite busy and how I've improved because I have a lot of stuff going on in my head I'm I'm king of procrastination I do procrastinate about a lot I think about a lot of things but sometimes I just need to brain dump I think kind of for me personally and how a lot of my guys I've never encouraged my, a lot of my guys to do is get things down on pe- pe- pen and paper yeah. kind of dis- decipher what you're currently doing to get the make the next stage step in your career 
what you're currently doing. And then either you can kind of consult Skype with people that are doing what you want to do and kind of fill in the gaps, get a piece of paper and kind of, I mean, it's the fantastic evolution of the internet and being able to Skype with bloody Richard Branson or somebody like that's a bit of extreme, <laughs> but kind of you can, no matter what industry you're in, you can speak to peers and people that are doing what you want to do and you can pay them a hundred, 200 pounds to have a Skype for half an hour and pick the brains and don't be afraid to approach people that are doing what you want to do, write down what you're currently doing, ask relevant questions to them about what they're doing and then fill in the gaps. And there you've kind of, you've also already got your stages of change model and how you can start to move forward and how you can start to improve the career, but also what you're doing to help elevate your career. I think that's, that's, it's a good way. It's a good way to paint it. It's one thing I do in regards to progression for myself in regards to the education that I undertake now over, over at M10, but also kind of the teachings that I do in order for me to get better. I understand that I need to keep re-educating. So kind of liaising with the best in the, in the industry and kind of, getting on Skype and playing, paying for consults with guys who are doing what I want to do, I find it's helped massively. And it's, able me, it's enabling me to connect the dots as opposed to just trying to keep my head above water and do it all alone. Kind of, you will work, it's like uh, Mark Coles, who I work for, uses the analogy of a golf pro. Kind of, if you want to be good at golf, you won't go and slug it out on a golf, golf course for 20 days straight on your own to get better. You'd hire a professional and you're going to take lessons and you're going to get to your end goal a lot quicker. Yeah. So I think the same applies in business. And everybody, everybody sat listening to this podcast, my, me and yourself included, have people better than them at what they do. All you've got to do is be astute enough to find them, search them out and see what they're doing. Live a day in their life and see how what they're doing so different to you that can elevate you to the next level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, in terms of that, so what you're saying is, if I've kind of interpreted it correctly is that if you're in pre-contemplation, to get to the stage of action, you just have to take an action, if that sounds silly. Yeah, yeah. But... You, have to, you, have to just, you have to decide what, again, from a mindset standpoint, it's not, again, it's, just, it's a positive thing we just spoke about. It's deciding to take action, but actually taking action, if that makes sense. And that sense. can be as simple so as... You can, you, 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 yeah, you can write it down all good and well and say, right, I'm going to do this. But uh, I'm reading a book currently, and kind of, it's, it's the internal dialogue that you tell yourself as well. If you say to yourself, I'm going to try to do this, you've already given yourself an out. You've already given yourself an excuse. Yeah. The internal dialogue that you use with yourself has got to be definitive. I am going to do this, not I'm going to try. Because saying I'm going to try gives you kind of a cop out. It gives you an exit route. Whereas if you, if you distinctly say to yourself, I'm going to achieve this in month one, I'm going to achieve this by month 12. And you set the necessary steps and you action those steps. You don't just talk about it. You actually do what you write down or what you need to do. You will succeed. Yeah. So I think if someone, anyone listening is in that contemplation phase, sometimes I think we're not clear on what we want to do. And that's why we don't take the action because the the path isn't clear. it's not clear. It's not clear. There's a, there's a the wood, seeing the wood from a tree is essentially is a saying that kind of a yeah. lot of people band about. So yeah, being able to look at your your vision and identify your vision because a lot of people and I would imagine a lot of people aren't listening to this podcast, myself included, up until a year or two ago. I didn't know my vision. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't have any clarity on my vision. But I've clarified kind of what I love doing, how I want to improve, and where I want to go in the industry. And kind of, I've written it down, it's at the top of the tree, I, but it's not losing sight. There's a lot of steps that go before then in order for me to be where I want to be. So it's making sure one by one, you're ticking off those steps and moving close to your goal and you're not just talking it and not actioning it. 
yeah so just getting down what you have if you don't have the full plan but what you have got onto paper and then sometimes visually seeing it can help you to fill in those 100 Um, yeah yeah i i've got a load of whiteboards at home and i'm a big for whiteboards because i'm very much a visual i'm a visual kind of guy so kind of I'm not a big fan of my laptop, kind of being sat on my laptop all hours God sends, which I do for work anyway, but kind of having a whiteboard and seeing seeing it every day. When I'm sat talking to you now, I'm looking at it. It's it's important to have a visual because it's very easy to get swayed off a track and doing something that's not running concurrent in line with your goals. But you've got to be astute enough to kind of be moving forward. And you're, again, as I said earlier on, your success in any industry, every listener listening to this podcast, just your success lies with you. If you don't succeed, you've got no one to blame but yourself. Everything's the uh, availability and kind of the options are out there for you. You've just got to get off your ass and go and find them simply. Yeah, definitely. I think having something to, like you have your whiteboard to remind you where you are, because we can all get a bit lost, yeah. like you say, sidetracked. Um, it yeah. keeps that, yeah. Clarity of vision, focus. Yeah, clarity of vision, 100%. Okay, so let's move on a little bit of a different note. But we spoke before, I think, off recording about um, nutrition and and lifestyle, healthy lifestyle. And this is something that that I believe in as well very strongly about how it can improve the lives of, you know, everyday people who maybe aren't interested in fitness, don't don't aspire to be a a fitness professional or, you know, have the, the world's most shredded body. But... In terms of their everyday life, could you break down a little bit about how nutrition and healthy lifestyle can impact you in just completely non-gym related things like work? Yeah, so kind of you look at the role of nutrition in everyday life and performance kind of. I, again, use an analogy to make people understand without me going into the mumbo jumbo science world of kind of the body and confusing everybody. It's kind of, if you want to drive a car 100 miles, you wouldn't put potatoes into fuel it. (laughs) And it's as simple, simple as that. You'd fill it up with a tank of petrol and you'd drive. It's the same with your body. If, you're, if you put, pardon my French, shit into your body and bad foods, processed foods, unhealthy foods to fuel your body, because ultimately that's all food is for the body. So when you're looking at it from a performance standpoint, so people that work in offices and kind of high-performing city, city workers, let's say, with you being down south, kind of, if you're not fueling your body with your right nutrients and vitamins, you're not eating the right macronutrients, i.e. proteins, uh, carbohydrates and fats and you're just living on things like coffee sandwiches and those kind of things your body naturally will start to reject those yeah. kind of from a cognitive hunt from a cognitive function and brain uh, neurotransmitter standpoint which is just stuff that goes into your brain kind of if you're not fueling them with the right nutrients then ultimately it's going to slow down and stop so kind of i talk to a lot of uh high level high performing business owners i've got a guy a client of mine that owns a lot of kind of he owns shops but he owns basically it's called Hyperama but it's basically an Asiana food shop and it's a massive warehouse and I, I said kind of if you improved your what your clients were uh, your customers and your staff were eating at the canteen it's going to improve their performance on the shop floor because the more energetic and the more uh, 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 sorry an employee with more clarity and more more vision and kind of feeling more energetic is going to perform better naturally. And that applies to all work life. If you go from seeing your, seeing your nutrition, not just as kind of, oh, it's food, I want to enjoy food, but actually look at it from a stance of it's, it's fueling your body. It's giving you the essential vitamins and nutrients to kind of keep your engine running. Yeah. The, the whole perspective of kind of nutrition <laughs> will change. And I know sometimes I've had this dispute with guys that work in city say that I just haven't got time. But I call, again, pardon my friend, 
French, I call bullshit on that because ultimately your body is a machine. If you don't fuel that machine, your body's eventually going to slow down. So if you're not feeding it the right food, the right nutrients, it's going to slow down and it's going to stop. And I say to people, well, when your body stops, that job that you're so passionate about doing, how are you going to do yeah. it if you fall ill? And you, you downregulate your immune system because you're eating crap and then you fall ill, you get the flu. How are you gonna how are you gonna do the job when you take time off work? What's that gonna cost you? So sick days are reduced, kind of performance improves just by eating healthy. And kind of I don't and it's people think all oh, eating healthy is a boring diet. There's a whole host of different vegetables, fruits, kind of proteins and meals that you can make up that are not boring kind of i say with anything your food's as boring as you make it if you eat plain chicken and just a bit of rice it's going to be boring but you can you can jazz it up and there's so much so much you can do out there with food yeah. and if you treat food like i say treat food as fuel it doesn't have to be boring and it will stand in better stead moving forward from a performance standpoint and it, ultimately from a health standpoint so i always look at it yeah so it's kind of in just in in layman's terms and loosely kind of i always look internal to external so if you're fueling yourself right internally and you're giving your body the right things naturally externally body body composition uh body fat kind of weight is going to move in the right direction and i have said to my guys the hardest part of what i do is getting started once you get into a groove and you be, it comes because part of your routine it becomes important then it's it's easy it's not difficult but it's just kind of having somebody like myself like yourself get you on the right path and show the way and just letting people un- people understand what they're actually capable of with a readily fueled body because i guarantee all the listeners here if you just do two or three weeks on a health a healthy nutrition plan i'm talking the right foods kind of you will see a massive change in your performance yeah i love that and that that's not scientific yeah that's not scientifically backed that is that is fact you try it and you will see a difference totally i, I agree and so, I, I got really excited there because i love analogies and there's like a running joke that i always use analogies like in every episode yeah. and your analogy is yeah. very very similar to mine which is that the body yeah. is a car and you wouldn't go on a yes. long haul journey which is life without filling up yeah. your tank and yours is basically <laughs> yeah filling exactly it i love it i got really excited yeah, I don't, 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 ask, don't ask me where i got potatoes <laughs> from Matt. literally i was thinking what i can what i can fill it up with so the first thing that came to me was potatoes, but I know someone's probably going to tell me that a car can run probably, on potatoes yeah. at some point, but yeah, but I don't think it'll get very far. But yeah, kind of that's the closest thing I could think of something that wouldn't, a few, a car wouldn't yeah. fuel. But yeah, it's so true, kind of. And how people see their bodies, like I always say, people don't take care of their bodies because they don't see value, but it, ta- it takes uh, a heart, I know it's morbid again, a stroke, a heart attack for people to actually take care. I mean, I work with a She's a vascular surgeon. She's one of the best vascular surgeons in the UK. And she says the amount of cases that come in to see her and open heart surgeries and kind of like basically operations she does where she opens them up and she pulls out pounds and pounds and pounds of what she can loosely describe as gunk out of her body. If people could actually, I mean, I did a, I did a cadaver day at one of the hospitals in Nottingham a couple of years ago where I got to look inside bodies. It's quite gross to bear with me here. But if you actually saw what internally you look like after living an unhealthy lifestyle you think twice yeah. about it. mark my mark my, my, mark my words because it's not a pretty sight and ultimately we all we've all got families we've all got people that depend on us and we, and if you carry on eating the way you are and not looking after your body it's the same same as that as a car it will break down and when it breaks down it'll take a lot to restart yeah and as well as just the whole analogy of the body being you know like the car but i also think of ourselves body mind you know everything as our own asset 
and if we're if we're investors yeah. then we are our own asset yeah. and that's why you know the the uh what you call it everyone likes to say self-love and all this stuff but yeah. all that self-work needs to be done um in terms of yeah. mental and you know what we spoke about loss equals gain and, it's, it's, it's yeah 100%. and in terms of food as well yeah, because you look at, like, obviously the guys that listen to this podcast now that are entrepreneurs, what, what runs your business? It's, it's not what you do, it's you. Ultimately, you yeah. are your business. So why would you not invest in your business? And this, that's the way I say it. Entrepreneurs, people that self-employ, people that are high level, ultimately, it's not you, you, you're in marketing or I'm in health and fitness, but ultimately, I'm Dan Smith and kind of my business is me. And if I'm off ill for any period of time and I fall, I fall seriously and I'm in the hospitalized for two or three months, my business isn't going to run itself. My business is going to die a slow death. And these all these goals that I've set out, it's pointless to me, right? It's a waste of my time because I'm not going to be able to achieve them if I don't look after my body. Yeah, exactly. Your, 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 body, your body is your most vital asset. But regardless of, forget all the materialistic things that you need to do your job. The number one thing you need to do your job for all the entrepreneurs and the self-employed guys is you. So why would you not invest yeah. in that? And that's kind of the whole ethos behind this podcast is that grow yeah. in terms of grow, grow that asset so that it can really work for yeah. you. Yeah. 100%. And I think it's important as well to touch on based on the whole nutrition side of things that giving your body that fuel doesn't mean it isn't this kind of stereotype of a strict diet where you can't eat anything no. that tastes nice. It's, it's just about... No. As you were saying, you know, you're giving your body the proteins, the fats, the vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think often there is a negative stigma that it means chicken and rice or something. Yeah. And that's not yeah. the case, is it? No, no. I try and dispel that myth because kind of it works. For, it works for some people. But again, my my demographic and a lot of the people I work with, the general population uh, people, but normal day to day workers, family people, kind of parents, those kind of things. So I always say kind of I know we t- we. we uh, like talking about balance i mean a lot of people that are further into the bodybuilding which is far removed from what we're talking about today but there's no balance because it is the extremes but in, for general population of people that i work with it's finding the balance because i'm asking people to stick to a nutrition plan and create sustainable lifestyle changes as i said to you Lila, not just for six to 12 weeks but for life i want to have these things ingrained so they can pass them on to the children the grandchildren yeah. so kind of me saying to you you're never out, allowed to go out for a social with your friends and drink alcohol you're never allowed to have a pizza or a burger. It, it's 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 impossible because ultimately, at one point in your life, you may want a pizza. You may want to go out and socialize with friends and drink alcohol. So, me totally banning that is not creating sustainable lifestyle habits. So, through nutritional kind of intervention, interventions, and through teaching people, one the negative effects of what that pizza will do to you, but two, how to create a balanced lifestyle where you can allow yourself a treat yeah. at the weekend, or you can allow yourself to dine with friends and family and loved ones and spend time socializing. Because don't forget, kind of. You can link nutrition to uh, brain health as well. So if I'm telling you, for instance, to live a really restricted lifestyle, you can't go out with friends, you can't go out with family, you can't uh, go for food with your children if you had any. Ultimately, from a mindset standpoint, that's needing to negative thoughts. You feel like you're missing out and kind of you've not only got the negative of work, but you've got then got the negative of kind of living such a restrictive life. So if you try to link nutrition to actual kind of say brain health but psychology kind of giving people that stuff that they enjoy it's important but getting them to understand it's all within balance and it's all within realms of kind of control as opposed to just eating it with an i say to my guys kind of as long as and again i do tend to swear a little bit too much but don't take the piss and it's true kind of you can fit burgers and pizzas into a into a nutrition plan 
but it's being selective and understanding the ramifications of what that will do to your body, whether it'll move you forward, whether it'll move you back and kind of understanding as it goes back to my point earlier about educating guys on food, what's healthy, what's not, what's unhealthy, what's going to be fueling your body and what's going to be breaking your body. And that's where like, we, we as coaches come in. It's, it's a role of education because you, so many general population people, a lot of people listening to this podcast will be saying I'm eating healthy, but then if we was to break down the diet, you understand there's so much, so much stigma around healthy eating now, but kind of a lot of adverts that are kind of selling us a load of rubbish that kind of pretend that they claim it's healthy, but ultimately yeah. we know it's not. So it's it's a, for my role and our role as coaches is to educate guys. It's not to tell people what to do. It's trying to make suggestive arguments to everything they know, but helping them to teach a sustainable way of life that they can pass on to the next generation. And kind of, I mean, we know in this country we've got an epidemic with obesity. That's that's not because people eat too much of the right foods. That's because people eat too much of the wrong foods. So kind of, it's it's just trying to re-educate the masses on what they should be doing not telling them to do it, but suggesting they do something different or they try something different. And more often than not, it leads to adherence. A big thing for me with my guys is adherence. And you're only going to get that if somebody understands what they're doing. If you're just telling somebody to do it, they'll fall off very quickly. And it's the same in every business that you're working. But if you're educating people that you're trying to teach, they've got something applicable to use that they can utilize and help themselves. Improve. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say that, yeah, the first stage is, is education. So educate if I'm talking to people who aren't fitness professionals, educating yourself on nutrition. But then secondly, yes. you have to take responsibility, we all do, for our own nutrition. And it can't be just doing it yes. because your trainer says so. No. Because as soon as... No. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to understand why, because that promotes so much more kind of adherence. And adherence is the number one factor to people getting into shape and succeeding and the goals they set out in the industry that I'm in. Adherence is a number one diminishing... Uh, is a, denominating factor that will help people improve or regress and being able to teach i always say to people if i could tell you to go out and you i've told you to have a steak for instance steak and vegetables with sweet potato fries and your friend asks you well why have you done that the last thing i want my clients to hear is because yeah. told me so. i want them to be able to explain why and the minute they explain why the friends are like oh right and the, the adherence level for them is like yeah I, I know this i know why i've got to do it so if you understand it you're more likely to do it as opposed to absolutely yeah so, okay so let's move on a little bit and I want to come back to something that you sort of yeah. already did touch on which was okay. obviously you work in M10 you work with Mark Coles um yeah. if anyone doesn't yeah. know very well esteemed trainer and coach of other trainers as well um yeah and you so you sort you spoke about I think was it the five people closest to you are yeah who affect basically your your life path and yeah. and what you become yeah so do you think it's important to work with a mentor or someone like Mark Coles yeah. is that was that a big factor yeah. for you yeah as, as as we alluded to kind of earlier on in the conversation I think you should always put yourself in a position where you feel slightly less intelligent in every area and in every role of business and kind of moving to M10 was a big change for me kind of obviously there's Mark Coles there James Sutton who I've learned a lot a lot of stuff from who've become become a mentor of mine and kind of putting myself in a position where kind of I felt out of my depth because I learned, learned, I learned a lot and I kind of became better so much quicker. And, and that applies to every business. Getting yourself a mentor, and as I said to you earlier on in conversation, kind of finding out who's doing what you want to do and who's the top of your game in, any, in whichever chosen field you're in. Fishing them out. And kind of, I always say, ask them questions. Because ultimately, I'm not shy about asking anybody a question. Because what's the answer? If you, for instance, I speak to Richard, I miraculously get through to Richard Branson's PA and I say, oh, 
uh, is there any chance I can pay for now a scout with Richard Branson? What what's this, what can they say? They can say yes or they can say no. Do I lose anything if I say no? No. But what happens if I say yes? Yeah. So yeah. kind of I'm very much a kind of I'll, I'll ask because you get too responsive and kind of fishing out the best people in your target industry, in your specific injury, industry and learning and spending time around them. Again, kind of a lot of people nowadays are, are scared to spend money on bettering themselves. Kind of we're M10 and kind of a lot of people in the fitness industry now, there's a lot of fantastic trainers out there and we're all, and it's catching on a lot now, we're all spending thousands and thousands of pounds a year on re-educating. The good thing about the industry that I'm in is it never stops, it's constantly evolving and I think that applies to most industries now. If you slow down and stop, there's, there's someone behind you ready to take your place. So constantly striving to be better and working and spending time around people that are better at the job that you're doing. And kind of, I think sometimes people can be very egotistical and kind of think they've got to a certain level and they can't learn. I always say to my guys, kind of, I teach a lot of trainers, but there's, there's a lot that I can learn from those trainers. If I was to close my mind off and not, and think that I was better than anybody else, any other of my peers and any other trainer in the UK, I'd be limiting myself. So fish out those people are doing the right things, spend time around them, uh, pay for Skype, kind of see if you can, they, a lot of people run online courses now and constantly strive to be better and put yourself in, an, in a success environment. Kind of, I talk about a lot to my guys, there's two types of mindset. There's kind of the growth mindset and a fixed mindset. So kind of the two kind of sentences I use, if you're in the growth mindset, the, the, the saying that I say is failure is, is an opportunity to grow. But if you're in a fixed mindset, it's failure is the limit of my abilities. So how you perceive and look at something will determine whether you're going to be a success. But putting yourself into that growth mindset and surrounding yourself and seeing the positives and alluding to everything positive about what you can do and taking a risk and chancing yourself talking to that company exec, exec that's earning, earning 2 million turnover, 10 million a year, whatever it is in your chosen field is important. And kind of if you've not, if all you guys listening now, if you haven't got a mentor, or you haven't got someone that you bounce ideas off, go and get one right now because it'll be a lot harder to succeed on your own in any given industry. Yeah, and with that point, do you think it's something that can be can be more informal and organic in terms of yeah. just being around 100%. those people? Yeah. Or does it have to be? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100% no, being in that environment, kind of, I didn't, uh, for the first first couple of months in M10, kind of, I, I'm not one for asking lots of questions. I wasn't one for asking lots of questions in my career. Uh, early on in my career but kind of just being in that environment being in m10 seeing the vibe seeing the guy watching the guys train the clients kind of watching how they converse and talk to each other and kind of the team meetings and just kind of being around them and kind of and getting to know them as people as opposed to just seeing what i can take from them. i always say kind of i always enter a relationship it's not for instance talking to you today it's not what i can get out of this podcast it's kind of what i can learn from you and it's what i can learn from your listeners and it's, it's allowing a friendship with you and kind of with the people that I'm talking to today to organically grow. I'm not expecting anything from anyone, but ultimately just kind of living to my values and talking to you at a level where I, what I solely believe and hoping that something comes to fruition. But kind of surrounding yourself with like-minded people is so important. Yeah. Because it, 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 can, it, can, it can be, like, it, any industry, it can be lonely. It can be lonely, but kind of put yourself into positions where you're going to Yeah, learn. I think quite often any kind of relationship like that in terms of a mentor or even you and I on this podcast is value works in both ways. So obviously I, for example, I gain from here having you on giving value to my listeners and also learning it myself, but perhaps you might gain in a different way in terms of having an opportunity to teach in a different format than what you usually do. 
100%. The same I can imagine is with when you're with people like Mark Coles and James Sutton, they're teaching you as well as, which we learn from teaching as well as from being taught, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, 100%, kind of, you can still, while you're teaching, you can still be learning. And kind of closing your mind off to learning while you're teaching is, is a foolish move. Because again, kind of, it's, it's very much a kind of, I, I listen and I learn. I'm not, I always say I'm not a specialist at anything. I'm just very good at a lot of things. And kind of, I think being a specialist at something is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But kind of, there's so many other avenues that can help you improve you that are unrelated to the specific field that you're in. So just being a better person. I talk about, you heard me talk about in the camps. Is kind of to my clients, and I say to all the trainers that I work with, be a good person. That's totally unrelated to fitness. Kind of, it's got nothing, no ramification to do with training, nutrition, mindset. All I say is be a good person, because ultimately in the industry that we're in, kind of people respond to good yeah. people. And if you show that somebody that you've got their best interests at heart, they will trust you. And trust and rapport in every industry that's available now is the most important selling factor. It's not being able to close the deal and show somebody how much money they can wait. It's being a good people deal with people in every job. And if you're a good person, you've got good values and you kind of you're honest with people and you spend a lot of time kind of wanting the best for people, that will show and people are more likely to work with you. Yeah, and I think that comes back to what we say. we are our own asset. And and yes. so if you're yes. a good person, if you're learning something that's nothing to do with fitness, but whatever that is that you gain you're improving that asset and and so it's going to help you in your business yes 100 percent. okay so let's maybe start to wrap it up and i want to ask you a yeah. question which can be a bit um broad but i want yeah. to ask you what the most important lesson you think you've learned throughout your whole career is in related in related to the field that i'm in or just in life i mean it could be either so it could be a life lesson um i suppose career yeah. when i say career life would be a better better word yeah. to use yeah no I, one thing i've learned and one thing i'm starting to see now now i'm getting i'm becoming slightly more successful in the field that i do is kind of nothing's unattainable and kind of one thing i've learned is the only as i said to you earlier on in the conversation everybody's only limitation is themselves and i try to i've got a 14 year old and i try and teach them there's only one person stopping you and that's you yeah to if i if you'd have told me 10 15 15 years ago that I'd be stood in front of 90 trainers sometimes talking to them and them listening to me then paying to come and see me talk me speak we uh working with the high level execs and the people that I'm uh talking to and spending time with in the gym and working at such a prestigious facility people from around kind of the country and thing that are coming to listen to me speak I'd have been I'd have, I'd have told you I'd have said some choice words to you that it's not going to happen ultimately I, I'm proof I'm my own proof that kind of good things come to those that work hard and kind of you can achieve what you want to achieve but you've just got to willing got to be willing to work for it I mean the industries that I'm in is very competitive but through years and years of kind of really grafting and kind of it coming at personally it coming at the cost to a lot of things personally it's come it's come my success has come at the cost of a lot of things and it's important to remember that kind of you your own limiting your own your own limiting factor and you can you can be who and what you want to be but if you truly believe that you've got a you've got your path and you know exactly where you want to be you'll achieve it but you've just got to carry on working hard for it so kind of i think the most important lesson you've learned is kind of you can be who you want to be back then 10 15 years ago i'd have, I'd have 
dif- disagreed with you. I'm never going to be able to just because circum- these circumstances have dictated my life and who mm. I should be and what I should be doing. But ultimately, I broke the shackles off that and I've become a person that I back then I never thought I would have been able to come. But I'm proud of the person that I am. Today. Yeah, I, I love that because I I really don't like the the idea that or the attitude that that some have, which is that we can't do things because of um, something no. else, someone people, else, you know, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people allow themselves to be oppressed and they allow themselves to make excuses why they can't do things. But that, I, again, I call bullshit a lot of the time because that's kind of, that's, uh, we come of age at some point and we all grow into adults where I always try to teach Tyler, which is my son, is back even from a very young age, there's no such words yeah. can't. There's no such word as can't. If you say can't, again, it's putting a limiting factor on yourself. There's a way to do it. Like, honestly, if I said to you today, I'll make a million pound today, I can't <laughs> do that. But there's ways for me to make a yeah. million pound. So kind of it's taking away the restraints that you put on yourself and actually believing that you can achieve something if you really want something. If you don't achieve it, you've not wanted it. I enough. agree. And so I think I might I so might enough. know where you're going to go with this last question based on what you said. Maybe we, we sort of covered it. But we have this branded term on the podcast, the grow factor. And that is yeah. the term for the personality trait or mindset or even like a practice that somebody might do. It's just mm-hmm. that thing that makes somebody that makes a difference to make you get to where you want to be. So I'd love to get your take on what you think the growth factor is. So the growth factor for me is, uh, it's, it's, it is a mind. Like for me, it's it's kind of living a true version of yourself, but understand that again, it goes back to my point of call is kind of the only limiting factor to being where you want to be. And it's kind of sounds like I'm repeating myself is you. And the kind of this, this, I don't believe there is kind of a limiting factor that will stop you from becoming the person yeah. you are. It's just having the having having the opportunity and having the self belief more than anything to grab life by the balls and go for it. Taking a risk, taking a taking a risk and being unapologetic in the actions that you undertake. So maybe it's like self belief like, and determination. Yes, one hundred percent self self belief and de- determination, but belief in the process and having kind of as I said to you a positive mindset and I preach this till the cows come home but a positive mindset is the be all and end all to everything and yes circumstances and monetary ramifications stuff may dictate how fast you get to your goals but ultimately you will get there if you want it bad enough in any and you can apply that to any sort of industry if you want something bad enough you might not get it today or tomorrow it might take a couple of years but success is there to be had for us all and kind of the person that my personality trait that makes someone the best can be is themselves is kind of being able to positively and negatively assess yourself and see and be honest with yourself. Honest is a big thing and honesty in who you are. And I've done a lot of self-exploration, as I spoke to you earlier about the last few years and kind of, do you know what? It's kind of, it's changed the person I am for the better and it, it will only continue to make me better. Yeah, I think so, note to, to end it on, nice inspirational note yeah, for everyone. That's <laughs> so thank you thank you so, so yeah, much for taking yeah, the time that's no problem thank you for having me on it's been a pleasure to speak to you today kind of i've listened to quite a lot of your cast and kind of i love the message that you you guys are giving you're giving out and kind of it's a it's a message that needs to be sung from the hills that kind of we are our own guide and kind of yeah keep doing what you're doing it's awesome thank you very much i'll speak no to worries. you soon okay yeah speak to you soon Lydia. thank Thanks, you very much bye. i hope you guys enjoyed that episode And if you want to connect with Dan, you can do that on Instagram at dansmith underscore coach. And again, I'll put that in the show notes. Until next time, Grow Girls, goodbye.